the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. The Friday edition. And uh, as a bonus, it's the long holiday edition as well. It's my favorite kind of edition. Yeah. So, um, you look at the roadways and even the parking lot here at Parkway Center, people are already out there, right? The, The holidays is well underway. I feel like the holiday has already begun. I mean, is it too late? Is it too early? No, it's right on time. I mean, I think it's the perfect time Mm -hmm. for me to say, John. Yes. Mike. Yes. All of you. Your holiday weekend has begun. Woo! Yeah, it's five minutes past the four o'clock hour. On a Labor Day weekend, truly all is right and well. That'd be nice. Very nice. Any plans? Well, we got a Friday feature coming up in the second hour, which yeah. we do every Friday. There's so many options for Labor Day. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with oh, possibilities. Well, really? Well, I like it. it. When in doubt, stay home. That's what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I'm not doing that. But I was going to say you're not doing that. I'm not. No, but you know what I mean. When you when there's so much to do or so many, always the default is just stay home. How can you go wrong? Yeah, but our, our whole point is to get out of the house and off your screen. Right. I guess. Okay. Now, the good thing I know about you is if you're hanging out in your porch, you're not looking at your screen. No, not, not a whole lot. Because I keep texting you and you don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> don't take it personal. Yeah. Okay. okay. How about that? Do you do that? Like, you know, hey, why, why aren't they answering me? You get like yeah, because there's something right now yeah, I want to tell you guys and no, no. nobody's answering don't me. Don't take it personal. Really just bothers elsewhere, me. No. You know, just I'm live sorry. life. Okay, so the Pirates are 20 games under 500. <laughs> It looks so promising at the All-Star break, did it not? Well, because we, we beat the Cubs in a series that was pivotal. Mm-hmm. We thought it was pivotal. pivotal. <laughs> it wasn't pivotal. No. And then we came back, and what happened? It was like we had a different team. Yeah, I think we won three games in the span of uh, a month and a half. There you go. Let's go Bucks. Anyway, it does make you think, though, mm. about how hard it would be to play for a losing team. To yes. keep it going to stay engaged, mm-hmm. to keep showing up. Now, I know you're thinking, you know, if you're making $800,000 a year Minimum. and up, I think Josh Bell's making 800000 or 600000 a year. What? What? Really? Josh yeah. Bell is? Uh-huh. He's, that's, is that minimum? That's minor league, major league minimum? I don't, yeah, close he, to yeah it. he's making close to that. Really? Yeah. He's so, a bargain. Now, to us... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, poor Josh Bell. Exactly. Holy like, smokes. Cry better tears. Fabulous. But anyway, most people who are playing in the major leagues are making much, Quazillion. much more than that. But I have been thinking over the last couple of days. So you still have to show up to work, even though everybody in the media is hating you. Everybody in, you, in their Twitter is hating you or whatever it is. It's still, it's still tough. I guess. I mean, you know, you're still playing a kid's game, so how hard can it be, right? You're worried about your batting stance. Not a lot. I'm trying to be humane. All right. I mean, not really. Not a lot of sympathy. And not that I'm not hating on anybody either, but it's, you know, they're playing the kid's game. However, it does come with a weird lifestyle, which is always on the road. 
right? From the time spring training gets underway in February until if your team is fortunate enough to be in the playoffs, which, of course, we never are. But you could play baseball from February to October. That's a long, long slog. So much so, we saw an article in the, um, the Washington Post, and the headline really grabbed us. Major League Baseball players never know what day of the week it is. Isn't that weird? Now, we're not talking about the players that are on bad teams. We mean the players that are on any team. Yeah. Uh, They they quote a lot of uh, MLB players in this article written by uh, Jesse Doherty. Uh, Washington Nationals closer Sean Doolittle says, uh, here's how it goes. Every start of a series is a Monday, no matter what. Every last game of a series is a Wednesday. But there are other wrinkles, too, like how every day game is a Sunday. So, wait, um... That doesn't work. Right. So he realizes the problem. By that logic, it can be called that that a day game that finishes a series is both a Wednesday and a Sunday. Well, that can't be. So having talked himself into a riddle, further complicating the issue, Doolittle smiles, he turns his palm to the club, clubhouse, and he just walks away. So in the article, they, they you know all these guys... They don't have a, they don't have any idea if it's Thursday or Sunday or Saturday. They're just generally so upside down. Okay, that a, that's really that would mess with me. Heck yeah, it would. Don't you think it would? Yeah. And how do you have a family that you know your family still has to be on like normal time, like right. normal human time? But if you're just you know coming into town on like you know in the middle of the night and you have to play a game the next day, when you catch up. Right. Right. Okay. So here in this article, the lives are dictated by when the team, God bless you, the lives are dictated by when the team bus leaves the hotel, usually at three o'clock for an evening game. When batting practice and stretching begins, anywhere between four and five, when the next first pitch is thrown, often 7.05 as the sun's fading, and that's it. Then they shower, they pack up their stuff, they sleep, they come back to repeat the routine. There are few deviations, if any, but there are hurdles along the way. It's crazy. Um, Mike, could you sustain a schedule like that? No, could not. What do you could not? Wh- why? But you th- you could. I w- that's that's too much. Listen, I, it's for, it's most guys' dream to play some form of professional sports, right? Whether it's hockey or football or baseball. Baseball just happens to have the weirder schedule, and I'm sure hockey's not that far behind. I feel like the MLB schedule need needs to be tighter. <laughs> They should not play. How many games do they play? 162. Right. And that's, that's too much. They're playing baseball. You know me. We go to the home opener every year. I'm going to the home opener. It's snowing. Right? I mean, And you could be going to the World Series and it's snowing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the uh, players in this uh, article, he says, my old buddies make fun of me all the time. They never, I never know what's going on. Said Brian Dozier. You forget birthdays. You forget appointments. From February to October, you're really in a weird little bubble. I just need to know what time the bus leaves, and I go from there. So the bus is everything to these guys. So in the article written by, I said, uh, Jesse Doherty. I don't know if that's a man or woman. Uh, but Jesse Doherty says, a confession, I'm relatively new to the baseball beat and about a year in. So now I never know what day of the week, week it is either. I often wake up not knowing what city I just slept in. I first realized this in May one morning in New York, staring at the ceiling and wondering where I was. So I started to ask around the clubhouse, the veterans such as Doolittle and Dozier, a young guy named Stevenson, to see how the pros combat this confusion of time and space. What happened shouldn't surprise anybody. They didn't have anything to offer. You're so they on, don't know where they are either. No, they're on, you're on your own. What if you have like a family of like four or six? 
Yeah, you're that's, on your own. That's a lot. I so you have to basically still do juggling that you schedule. have to do without dad for most of your life. Yeah. Right, right. And look at these guys. Some of these guys play two plus decades, right? Or you really, really learn how to plan family time around all that. Okay. So then October, so say you're you know, you've got all of October, November, December, January, you get four months off. But I'm sure you're still training. Right. You know, it's not like the old days where the guys stopped playing and then they worked for the insurance company and they didn't lift any weights or stretch or anything like that. They just, you know, did their thing. I don't know. Anyway, we I know wouldn't be able is. to handle that. You know, for for the minimum, wouldn't it be great for a while? Play for a few years? Heck yeah, it would. Anyway, that's our show for the day. We're no, done. it's not. We're going home. We're just starting. I'm done. I'm done. All right, coming up next. <laughs> How pornography makes us less human what? and less humane. Yes. I'm excited to talk about this with Matthew Lee Anderson. He's a great writer. He's a great thinker. Is this some, if this something if this is something of concern to you, stay with us. It's on the Friday edition of the Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Turning point with David Jeremiah. Now just remember, people, five minutes ago, Joseph was in prison. You know, the climb to the top for Joseph was slow in terms of time, but he didn't have to go through many positions on the way up the ladder, did he? He went from clear to the bottom, clear to the top in one day. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, God Been It For Good, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. With a new college semester right around the corner, your student might need a new mattress for their apartment or dorm. At the Original Mattress Factory, we hand-build twin extra-long mattresses and box springs that are commonly used in college dorms. In fact, we offer twin extra-long mattresses in a variety of models to match every budget and comfort preference. And we can deliver to anywhere in the U.S., including colleges and universities. Visit OriginalMattress.com or an Original Mattress Factory store near you to learn more. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the Labor Day sale at Ace. Right now, buy one, get one 50% off on gallons of our top paint and stain brands, like Valspar, Clark & Kensington, Cabot Stain, and Magnolia Home Paint. And with our Ace Extra Mile Promise, we'll help you get everything you need to paint in one trip, or delivery is free. Don't miss the Labor Day sale. Buy one, get one 50% off our top paint and stain brands. Now through Monday, only at Ace. Limit 2, delivery subject to availability. Visit acehardware.com for details. Does Christian education mean less opportunity for your child in areas like the arts? 
At Trinity Christian School, it actually means more. With two theatrical productions each year and a musical every other year, plus choir and band starting in fourth and fifth grade, led by accomplished teachers like David Minifield of Saltworks Theater and band director Joe Petron of the McKeesport Symphony and Duquesne University. Opportunity awaits at Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Much to the modern-day world horror, our nation, our world, is seeped in deep, hard pornography. And that's a fact. The explosion of pornography came hand-in-hand with the explosion of the World Wide Web. And now we are in a situation, I think, around the world where young men and young women, somehow between the ages of clickable age and whatever, the grave, many millions of people would call themselves pornography addicts. Matthew Lee Anderson is with us. Matthew is the founder, the lead writer of a wonderful site called Mere Orthodoxy. Orthodoxy. He is the author of Earthen Vessels, Why Our Bodies Matter to Our Faith. He wrote in the Gospel Coalition a piece which really caught our attention. The headline is How Pornography Makes Us Less Human and Less Humane. Matthew, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on. It's great to talk with you guys. I was going to talk to you, Matthew. Uh, let's start at the beginning where you start at the beginning of your article, which is the quote from Chris Offit, who once wrote in the New York Times. He was talking about his dad. Tell us what he said. Yeah, so he writes that his father uh, told him that if not for pornography, he'd have become a serial killer. It's a really arresting thought uh, that, that pornography had kept his dad from going out and murdering lots of people. Uh, and when I read that, I, I was really gripped and, and thought, what is the connection between these two impulses? Like, what is going on that someone might, in their most reflective moment, say, I turned to porn so that I wouldn't kill people? I mean, that's just crazy, isn't it? Right. So now his father was, uh, he wrote pornographic novels. He wrote pornographic comic. He was comics. an illustrator. So it wasn't right. that he was just a consumer of pornography, but he was a, a yeah. producer of it. That's right. That's right. So he produced it. And a lot of them, my, the article says, I've not read any of these or looked at any of these, but apparently a lot of them featured rather violent imagery. Uh, and so... For him, it was a matter of working out his deeper impulses, uh, his deeper, darker impulses. But I think that there is something really significant about that that actually is instructive about what draws people to view pornography as well. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so let's talk about how we got where we got. I mean, Matthew, I'm old enough to know that, you know, I mean, years ago, you wanted to look at pornography, you had to, you know, get a a Playboy or a penthouse or something like that. There was a, a matter of work involved. Um, not to say that it was, you know, the right and proper thing to do, but, you know, it, it was not as ubiquitous as it is today. Now, of course, it's everywhere. And I believe, and I, my guess is you believe this as well, that it has poisoned us. And it's especially poisoned young men, young women, um, young married couples and their sex lives. What does this say about us as a, you know, as a culture? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And the language of poison is very strong, but I think it's the right sort of language. It has gotten into the atmosphere, the environment. It's like acid rain, right? It falls from the clouds. You just can't avoid it. It touches everything and it corrodes everything. 
And the thing is, it's so pervasive, especially among younger people. It is so pervasive that I think a lot of people have forgotten what it's like to live in a world where that wasn't the norm. I mean, parents out there, I'm sure, have stories after stories of things that their children have come home and said that other people at school have told them, uh, or if their children haven't told them those stories, then they've happened and they've just not heard about them. I mean, some of the stories are just remarkable about what young people are saying, and a lot of that is just the byproduct, the outworking of a world that is so saturated by these images that it doesn't know how to think otherwise than it does. Right. So I I think that's a great uh, place to start, talking about how pornography changes our minds and twists our perspective. Um, One of the things that's been disturbing to me about the internet in general, but I think pornography in particular, is that we lose our sense of wonder. You wrote about this in your article as well, and I've thought about this before, Matthew. I think that that's, that's some kind of degrading of our ability to see joy or to experience something that's that's truly unusual. Everything becomes gray. Everything becomes the same. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. I mean, the, the, the sense of wonder that we have at something, like it indicates that this is a beautiful thing. We're in awe of it. We're, we're entranced by it. We can't not look at it because we're so taken by what it is. And in that moment, there's a kind of self-forgetfulness, right? We don't think about ourselves. It's not ourselves that we're really interested in. And the thing is, porn works in the exact reverse direction. In one sense, it's ourselves that we're thinking about when we're looking at pornography, right? We're imagining ourselves as being in this scene where, in my case, a beautiful woman would be, you know, doing these things. And that imagination is fundamentally narcissistic. So it's the exact antithesis. It's the exact opposite of what goes on in wonder. And which is why I think that pornography kills wonder. It, mm-hmm. it as yes. you said, makes the world gray. It, it takes all the colors out of it. Right. All right. Now, let me give you a, this is this is a, a weird example, but it, it was something that happened to me today. And since I knew we were talking to you, and I and I read this article several um, several weeks ago, I it kind of was at the forefront of what I was thinking. So I watched this thing on Instagram today, and it was a young woman who, and you're going to laugh out loud because this is so off base, but Stay with me oh, for a no. minute. She was, re- she was rescuing a bird, and the bird uh, had had injured a wing and was unable to fly. Okay, now you think, okay, that's a, this is one of these crazy people. But there was something really beautiful about this video. It was like ninety seconds of video, but it was this young woman who could have been doing anything with her life, but she took the time to see this bird, and she thought, wait, I know what to do for that bird. I'm actually going to rescue that bird and I'm going to take this bird home and I'm going to, I'm going to try to rebuild his wing and see what we can do. Okay. So there was something about it, Matthew, that inspired me. I mean, I I actually thought to myself, wow, there are people like I would never do that. I think that's why it was so amazing. I would never look at a bird that was hurt and say, okay, I can take that bird home and I can do something. But there's a person that 
did that. And there's a person that showed me what that, what that looked like. And it made me, I said to God, when I was watching it, I said, God, I praise you that there are people who care for animals like that, because there's something that makes my heart more tender when I watch that, because I think, okay, I have a busy life. I live in a city. I don't really care about birds, (laughs) but somebody does. And that's a beautiful thing. Pornography does the exact opposite thing is it keeps it makes your heart harder so what is it what is about what is it about the mechanism of me watching the woman with the bird that caused me to think outside myself and the pornography thing which causes people to just kind of turn in on themselves yeah i think it's a really interesting example um one of the things that the woman was doing that you saw was she as you said she was taking time and she was taking time to care for another creature that was in need. And we think about pornography, porn does not take time. In fact, in certain ways, the whole point is to speed up time, and it doesn't care for persons except for yourself. So there's no investment of time. There's no investment of caring for another in need. All of those features are totally gone from pornography. And I think that you know a, a, a person who is walking down the street who notices uh, that a, a creature is in need and, and stops to help and to, to give that creature their time is the sort of person who is alive to the world in a way that I think we should all try to be, but it, which is very hard to be if we are entranced by our phones and the like. Right. So I think there is something about time and caring that, that pornography really does destroy. Short circuits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It short circuits it for sure. Matthew Anderson is with us talking about pornography. His piece is just a wonderful read, How Pornography Makes Us Less Humane uh, and Less Human. Matthew, one of the, uh, one of the pieces that you highlight, you, you talk about this, that a, a porn-saturated world, right, uh, it, it, it's not in- inevitable. It doesn't have to be this way. The world is not necessarily constructed on these false things that we've been told. I remember years ago hearing someone in a conversation, I was walking to my car, and a woman was on the phone and she said, she was talking to someone and she said, I don't need the porn. What I need to be is loved. And I thought, mm-hmm. whoa, that's shocking. Um, but it's become so ubiquitous for men and women. I mean, it used to be just a guy thing. Now it's seeped everywhere. And I think for me, the heartbreak is little kids, seven, eight, nine years old are being fed this. What kind of monsters are we creating? Yeah, I think it is really hard. And the, when when people start to think of something as inevitable or as a given or something that can't be escaped, then you know we're in real trouble. And so what I tried to do in the essay was break that link and say, look, there's a possibility. There's a life out there that doesn't give itself over to this sort of act, this sort of sin. And that is, to me, the first step in untethering ourselves as a society and its people from that practice. We have to be able to imagine our lives going differently and our world going differently. And so I like it's it's like we've forgotten, you know, what the sunshine is like. Um, I lived in England for two years and, you know, for <laughs> five months of the winter you just forget what the sun looks like. Right. And you think, oh, this is why ancient people sometimes worship the sun. Because they're <laughs> so excited it's so to rare, see it. Right? Right, right. It's better to see it. Right? And we are like that with respect to pornography. We've forgotten what the, the clean air of a world 
without point is like. And so I think breaking that link and, and helping people see this isn't an inevitable. It's, it's not necessarily a given that young people are going to watch this or get addicted to this. It's just not the case. We can have freedom here. Right. So you write in your piece, and I'll read this, quote, the Christian objection to porn is not motivated by a fear of sexuality or by sex negativity, but by a sanctified sense of wonder at the beauty of the human being fully alive and fully revealed. And that that's so true. I mean, that's the complete and total opposite, the wonder of being fully human and fully alive. That is not pornography. That's right. And if we think about like classical art. So Michelangelo's David. Michelangelo's David is not wearing clothes. And you think, well, why is that okay? It's a big statue of an unclothed person. And one reason why it's okay is because God made human bodies beautiful, right? They are there. We are majestic creatures as humans. And he designed us in such a way to be fully unclothed within the context of marriage. And for that to be a place where we are revealed uh, in our the fullness of our person, and if you start there, then I think the you know the sense of wonder is really ordered by disciplines that tie it to a marital covenant uh, and that allow the body to be just a beautiful, wonderful, glorious thing, rather than something that is shameful or something that we have to be afraid of or the like. Matthew, we only have a couple minutes left, but I want to make sure that we talk about the link between violence and pornography. What did you find as you were researching this? Yeah, so I there's a sense in which so my 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 approach to this is partially philosophical. So I haven't looked at like whether or not, in fact, sociologically, people who use porn are more or less violent. But if we think about it, Partially what's going on within pornography is we're not treating other people as persons. Persons are, you know, beings who deserve care, who deserve the fullness of our attention, who deserve our love and our respect. And when we use pornography, we use these people. We treat them as instruments of our own gratification. We treat them more like a hammer or a nail. They've got a specific purpose, and when... They filled that purpose in our lives. We get rid of them. And that kind of depersonalization is a kind of violence. It, it, it's the equivalent of taking a living human being made in God's image and turning them into a statue or a thing. Uh, we depersonalize them. And so I, I really think that that is somewhere near the link between the, the, the Offit's father's deep, dark desires for violence and why he turned to pornography. Both murder and porn, in one sense, failed to treat others as persons made in the image of God. Right. And so for a lot of people, it's become an addiction, hasn't it? It's become almost a 12-step matter that people cannot step away because the images, I mean, they're seared into people's brains. Yeah, that's right. And I, you know, for a lot of people, I recommend just total um, (laughs) aggressiveness, total rigor in expunging this, right? Like you've got to be fully committed. So people talk about like, well, I've got to have my laptop. And I just want to say like, do you? Like, is that actually the case? Are there ways in which you could get through this world with only using your computer in say a public place? 
I think that, like, if we really treated this with the kind of seriousness that I think it deserves, we'd start thinking of really creative, really aggressive solutions to to it. That's good. Matthew, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. We uh, admire your writing and your thought process. It's always good. And congratulations on your graduation, Matthew. I don't think we've talked to you since then. Yeah, thank you very much. I love talking to you guys. I I really appreciate that. Thank you. Our pleasure. Graduate of Oxford. Oh, excellent. Got to give him some kudos for that. He is uh, the author of Why Our Bodies Matter to Our Faith and The End of Our Exploring, a book about questioning and the confidence of faith. Matthew Lee Anderson. I'm not an actor. I was not compensated in any way for this. Byron bought a timeshare. After 12 years of endless fees and broken promises, he wanted out. I saw an ad about a company that talked about being able to get you out of your contract, and they would sell your timeshare. They ripped me off. I found out later on that the market for timeshares is non-existent. So he turned to Wesley Financial Group. They had a very good Better Business Bureau rating, and after reading all the testimonials, I felt like I wanted to give them a chance. Wesley Financial Group got Byron out of his timeshare contract legally. If you are like me and you would like to get out of this contract, I strongly urge you to get a hold of Wesley Financial Group. They are honest and good people, and I just want to thank them from the bottom of my heart. For your free information kit, call 800-349-8877. 800-349-8877. Again, 800-349-8877. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. In a recent episode of the hit web series, Adam Ruins Everything, the show shared some of the scams that are common in the mattress industry. The big markups, the inability to comparison shop, and the conflicts of interest with mattress review sites. At the original Mattress Factory, we agree with many of the problems the episode highlighted. In fact, these problems are the reason we started our company, to offer a better mattress and a better mattress buying experience. Visit OriginalMattress.com or our social media pages to hear our employees' reactions to the Adam Ruins Everything Mattress episode. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true education partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties, pittsburghchristianschools.net. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love, and forgiveness, just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. Tonight will be partly cloudy and comfortable with the low 58. Then you'll see a good deal of sunshine tomorrow. It'll be a nice day with the high 77. It'll turn mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low 62. 
mainly cloudy for Sunday with a couple showers and a thunderstorm. High will be 78. The Labor Day Monday will have a mix of clouds and sun with an afternoon thunderstorm in some places and near 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Are you black? Are you white? Are we all the same inside? We've been celebrating Be Kind to Humans Week. And uh, we've done a little segment each day on our show this week, a story that is about people being kind to other people. And uh, the story today includes an animal in the mix. I mean, we all do bleed the same, even though, you know, it's a little different with the dog and the people. But this is a great story that I found a couple weeks ago about a dog who's six years old and had lived in a cage in rural Virginia for most of her life. The dog's name is Journey. And her owner passed away, and then she ended up in a shelter that was overcrowded, where sadly she was scheduled for euthanasia the very next day. But the day before she was going to be put down, Amy Creel of a rescue crew in Ashton, Maryland, heard about the plight of the pup. And she thought, now wait, I think I know a way that this dog can make a difference to some people that need it. So she and an animal welfare team arranged for this dog, six-year-old Journey, to be transported from the shelter in Virginia to the neighboring state of Maryland. And there were a couple community volunteers waiting there. And they took turns driving Journey the dog for different legs until she finally arrived in the city of Ashton. Now, the reason that she had taken this whole trip is that these people had heard about Sunrise Senior Living Center. And Sunrise Senior is filled with people who are aged and who have different situations. Some of them have physical difficulties, some have mental difficulties, some have emotional difficulties, and they thought maybe an animal could make a difference for the residents that live there, right? Yeah. So um, Journey showed up. They brought the dog and they thought, well, we'll just see how it goes. Well, Journey ended up making quite an impression. Throughout the day, she said hello to strangers. She rolled over repeatedly for belly rubs. (laughs) And she charmed all the seniors at the facility so much that the senior center staffers at the end of the day decided that she would be their new house dog. Nice. Home sweet home. So now Journey lives there. She spends her days comforting residents. She joins them for walks. She welcomes visitors. She brings joy to everyone at the senior center. Quote, to think that this dog, who never had anyone care for her, now has a community of people looking after her and appreciating her is nothing short of amazing. Wonderful. We are so happy for everyone who lives here, and we're happy for this dog. Oh, that's so great, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? I mean, there's and- something about it. I mean, you know, we've made light of, you know, uh, dogs that are service dogs, that you know, comp- the compassion dogs. But there is something about You mean that. comfort dogs? Comfort dogs, yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh, right? there's something to it? Yeah. There's Without a doubt. There's everything to it. But the thing that I thought was so lovely are all of the people that made that happen. Yeah. The people that heard about the need at the facility, the people that heard about the dog. And there had to have been 12 people who had to work together to make that happen between, you know, driving the dog to different legs of the jur- or, uh, to the journey, uh, which is also the name of the dog, but also going to the facility to find the dog. Like, there was just a lot of free time that people used to make this happen so that the people at the senior living facility could really experience something great. And, you know, you start to tell the story. You can imagine the dog in a cage, 
right, however large that cage was for six years, and that dog going out of his mind thinking, get me out of I here. Can't I talk to, you know, someone, I need someone in here. Right, I need someone to rub my yeah. belly, and there's no <laughs> one around. That's very good. Well, now Journey's got a lot of people around. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New New music. New music from I Am They. No impossible with you. There is no impossible with you. Fighting for me from Riley Clemens. You will never stop fighting for me. And rescue story from Zach Williams. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Nello Construction. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Bart, it's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. With special guest Crowder. Thank you. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena, October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, if you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit Calusi Chevrolet. With the all-star open house event in full swing, Calusi has great savings on their entire lineup, including Equinox and Trax. All month long, you can qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 60 months, plus $750 down payment assistance on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist. But what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem-Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412 503 4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. Hey, the weekend's here, so why don't you get out and see the movies? Overcomer is in theaters right now. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick brothers have returned to the big screen. Filled with a powerful mix of faith and humor and heart, Overcomer asks the important question, what do you allow to define you? 
starring Alec Hendrick and Priscilla Shire. The film is rated PG. Visit OvercomerMovie.com, or better yet, go to the theater. Yesterday. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. We were talking about uh, Renaissance men. Yeah, I was at the Carnegie Science Center. We both were at the Carnegie right. Science Center, and we saw a lot of great stuff. But after you had to come back, I went to the Da Vinci exhibit, which, by the way, is only there through Monday. Yeah. So if you want to see that, you're going to have to get over there this weekend. It's totally worth it. Um, but reading and looking at all of the things Da Vinci envisioned is so shocking. I mean, I don't know how a person can be that gifted in fine art. I mean, he created the Mona Lisa and the Last Supper and also imagine the helicopter and also be a chef and also be the reason that we have ball bearings and pulleys and and the first person to draw anatomy. The first person to really be a wedding planner. Mm-hmm. How did how's, how's one person do look at all the stars, of those things? Right, astronomy. Yeah. So we were saying, oh yeah, Da Vinci, clearly a Renaissance man. Well, Rebecca, our good friend, uh, sent us a, a link to uh, Wikipedia, and of course, you know, you can do your own research on what a Renaissance man is. But we were wondering about that phrase, you know, the Renaissance man. And, of course, uh, when you think about the time of the Renaissance, which lasted from about uh, 1400 to 1600, people living there during the time were uh, Da Vinci, Michelangelo. These were people who had a spectacular sp- skill set, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean the, woman, but the people are from the, re- or, you know, from the Renaissance area because there are few and far between what you would consider Renaissance people, Renaissance men or women, walking, I believe, on the planet Earth right now, although they are few and far between. Now, if you look online, Wikipedia has a list of people that they would consider to be Mm -hmm. Renaissance people. Of course, uh, Aristotle. Right. um, Archimedes. Uh, Einstein's one of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes back to, you know, many, many ancient men, mostly. Of course, women don't get the uh, the fair shake. Right. right? Uh, But what does, what constitutes... A Renaissance man. Well, the quintessential definition is that you are skilled in many areas. You have an aptitude to learn, and then you pursue that so that you actually have skills right. in those areas. And they're, like I said, varied. So Da Vinci was an, an excellent wedding planner, an excellent poet. And <laughs> What's a wedding planner? I just think it's so crazy that he was a wedding planner. Uh, me too. That was the funniest, most random thing I learned yesterday. Like, you've got to be kidding uh, me that he was doing that. He was also an MC. An MC. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he was an engineer. And, of course, he was painting the Mona Lisa. Okay, so Benjamin Franklin, right? M- right. Modern America or, you know, America's mm-hmm. modern Renaissance man. He was uh, an author, a printer. He was a, a poet. political scientist, an inventor, a soldier, a poet, mm-hmm. all those things. He was, a, you know, someone who was invested in the weather patterns and all that exploration. There, there were multiple disciplines that he mastered to a high level of right. complexity. Right. A renaissance man. Um, what? Uh, who else would you say is a renaissance man? Uh, Sigmund Freud. Sigmund, Sigmund Fro- Freud, really? Yeah, they're saying Sigmund Freud um, because of his writing skills, his, of course, his changing the world, right, with his uh, look at psychoanalysis. Um, 
but who knows what else he was able to do. See, I would think of, I don't know much about Sigmund Freud, but the only thing I know are things that are in one area. You know, his psychoanalysis is obviously what made him famous. Right. But maybe he was, you know, a master gardener or something. I mean. Not a wedding planner. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Isaac Newton, right? A Renaissance man. English physicist, a mathematician, an astronomer, a theologian, a philosopher, Mm -hmm. an alchemist. Mm -hmm. Something you don't think about often. Um, Thomas Jefferson, an American Renaissance man. He was, of course, a, a... horticulturist, an architect, an archaeologist, an inventor. He founded a university. How about today, walking the planet right now? Uh, who would that be? Is, do you, could you know someone that you would think fits the mold no. of what a Renaissance man is? No. Because we use that. I really don't. People use that. Oh, he's a true Renaissance man. Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty narrow bandwidth, right? I mean, I don't know what else Steve Jobs was able to to accomplish. Was he an artist? Was he a philosopher? Was he, you know, what? He was an inventor, no doubt, and he was a designer. But would he be called a I Renaissance think, man? I, I don't know. But I would think of Bill Gates before I would think of Steve Jobs. Because not only did Bill Gates build Microsoft, and also I learned yesterday as a parenthetical fact that he's the only man, the only private owner of one of the codices that da Vinci wrote. All the rest of them are owned by museums, but Bill Gates owns one of them himself. What is it? One of, so uh, da Vinci wrote several codices, which are like, I don't know, they're like encyclopedias that he wrote himself on different subjects. Oh, wow. Okay? Yeah. And, of course, he wrote backwards. If you remember, he's left-handed. Right, right, right. And he wrote right to left. So you can read them if you hold a mirror up. But he was, of course, going above and beyond. Um, several of the codices are written normally, but some of them are written backwards. And Bill Gates owns one of them. He's the mm. only private owner. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I would, and the reason I bring up Bill Gates is his interest in philanthropy and his interest. He seems to have a wide ranging interest in uh, anthropology, in issues related to how humans interact with I see. each yeah, other. Sure, sure, sure. So he he kind of comes to mind when I think of that. I mean, when I think about the term Renaissance man, I think of someone who is a man of letters, but also a man of art. Right, that combination of a deep thinker and someone who also creates beauty. Right. Right. Okay, so I was just thinking about this astronaut that I read about, and I couldn't think of his name. I just had to Google him while you were talking. But there's a guy whose name is Franklin Story Musgrave. And I don't remember how he came to my attention uh, at first, but he's 83 years old. Uh, He was born in Boston. He's an American physician, and he was a NASA astronaut. Whoa. Okay, he's a public speaker. He's a consultant to both Disney's Imagineering Group and Applied Minds in California. Hmm. Okay, He's a biophysicist. He's a public speaker. Um, his major fields of study, though, also include literature. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So someone that who's crossed like... over from the STEM side to the literature side. Yeah. Kath, you're going to like this. I, I, I Googled Renaissance men of today. And yeah. Guess, guess what was the number one person that popped up? I don't know who. Bono. Oh, that's a good idea. Right. Would so you call Bono a Renaissance Well, he's certainly a, he certainly has the art side he's down. He's a poet. I mean, he's a musician, musician, but more than anything, he's a philanthropist. way more than a musician, he's a poet. He's, yeah. he's really, that, that's what he is at heart. Right. But he also has a mind that is interested in strategy mm-hmm. when it comes to large-scale issues. Right. 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 Yeah, that's a Number good Number two point. behind him was uh, Brad Pitt, 
Number three was Norman Sailor Jerry Collins. James Franco, Ryan Gosling. No, come no, on. Come on, all, come on. Steve Jobs. Get out of here. And, out. Wait and a minute. What about what? Brian May? Who's Brian May? Brian May was the guitar player for Queen. Oh, yes. he yeah, yeah. He's an astrophysicist. Right, he is. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, that is, I don't know. you know what? That's a good nomination, Brian May. Because he's a person who could have, I mean, he made enough money when he, being the guitar player for Queen, but then he went back to school. He became a physicist. Then he became an astrophysicist. After that, so he's right. been a he's been a college professor for thirty years, probably. Okay, so that, two think, sides of the street. Is I what think we're saying. I think that I think he would qualify. So you deny James Franco? Oh, give me a break! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Renaissance man or woman? Brian May, seventy-one years old. Really? Yeah. That's a heck of a career. But there are people that we know who are deeply talented and wonderful thinkers as well. Pittsburgh, this month at Calusi Chevrolet, you could qualify for 20% off the MSRP on select models of all new, totally redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $10,000 in savings on select Silverado double cab all-stars. The team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. You've all helped build my pillow and the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of My Pillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all My Pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on My Pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper. Regularly $89.99, but with the promo code Word, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all My Pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze presents the 2019 Westminster Conference, Friday, September 13th through Saturday, September 14th. Join President Dr. Barry York and leading RPTS authorities in church history, systematic theology, biblical counseling, and more for this year's focus, the Synod of Dort and the Doctrines of Grace. The 2019 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Nobody does spicy like Wendy's. Yep. So all hail the Queen of Spice. Because this is the day Wendy's Spicy Nuggets are back. And tomorrow is the day Wendy's Spicy Nuggets are back. Wendy's brought them back. So now every day is the day Wendy's Spicy Nuggets are back. This is, this is the day. To get the scenic route, but this is the way. That's all news, baby. This is the day. They gonna miss us today. You gonna miss us today. Wendy's Spicy Nuggets are back. Get yours this day. We got you. For a limited time, only at participating Wendy's. Since 1979, Chuck Swindoll has been recognized around the world for his clear Bible teaching, his joyful spirit, and warm expression of God's grace. All this, of course, through the Heritage Radio program known as Insight for Living. But today, this 40-year nonprofit ministry has experienced a challenging financial deficit. Many have personally benefited, but have never given. Please prefer.
prayerfully consider making a generous donation today by calling 800-772-8888 or give online at insight.org slash donate. Okay, we're having an argument. Now, see, because the modern age, of course, we're going to water things down. Julie Andrews, as much as you, she's beloved. Her. She is not a Renaissance. Okay, woman. but wait a minute. She's Julie not. Andrews is a, is a wonderful actress. Yes, she's also a tremendous singer, mm. but she's also a wonderful writer. Yeah, but wonderful writer. If she and was dancer. like now, if she was like a you know a world class mathematician, I'd say, oh yeah, sure. But you know, boy, it, man, you're a tough sell. No, no, no. It's it's you a, are t- it's okay. a high climb. Okay, all right. So listen. So so uh, Mike brought up Viggo Mortensen, who started in Lord of the Rings. Lovely. I looked Wonderful. him up. He first of all, he's a terrific, uh, uh, you know, actor. I think we know that. But I had no idea that he was a painter and a photographer. And looking at the amount of of output he has Homework, yeah. musically is really impressive. Mm. So I don't know. I I, don't I, know. I I might be persuaded to think about Vigo in that context. Well, I wonder, you know, when people do TED Talks, I wonder if people have approached this, you know, the Renaissance man, to talk about that from a TED Talk. I'd like to, like to hear a deeper exploration of that. And you know that there can't be as many now as there were then because we're just way too scattered. We're on our phones. Right. And we can't focus on a thing. Right. So when you look at... Vigo Mortensen, who you said he was great in Green Book, I didn't see it. Well, that was a good film. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, he was great in The Road. Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises. Oh my gosh! I loved him in Lord of the Rings. I can't even really? express how much I loved him in Lord of the Rings. Well, he's oh a fun my actor. gosh! Reading the book, the fact that they could have landed on him, it was just so perfect. Mm. But knowing that he's a musician and a painter, I didn't know about until today. So I'd say he he's he's at least in nomination. Uh, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> you better, John. You better choose those. He's so super- skeptical. You should be so skeptical. skeptical. Look at the list. Oh, Aristotle, yeah, you, Julie Andrews. That's, well, what are you kidding me? Well, what are you kidding me? It's a different time and Benjamin era. Benjamin Franklin. No one's going to be. Viggo no Mortensen. one's going to reinvent the tank today. I, you know. Uh, right. I, no, 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 no. What no. about Temple Grandin? No. Oh, that, that's an interesting idea. No. Okay, so so the the astronaut I read about wasn't impressive to you. That's very impressive. Okay, I'm just Stormy. saying if you're going to call someone a Renaissance man or woman, you better have an awfully high bar, and it's got to it's got to cover artistic right and deep thinking, the two together. That's what I believe. Okay, so Story Musgrave so, uh, was was the astronaut was okay because he did physics and he did literature. Sure. Look, but I'm, I'm but not, Julie Andrews, I'm he's not, not the, having anything to do with it. I'm not what the you, final what? arbitrator here. I'm just saying you better just choose carefully. That's all. I mean, holy Well, you're sm- drawing wait, a tight line. What so, about Bill hey, Mike's talking here, about here Brad Pitt and James Franco. Here James Franco showed up at the Academy Awards stoned. <laughs> Okay, I, 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 know, I wasn't man. nominating him, John. He was he was on the uh, he was on the he was on he the was list. sourced on the list. What list? So, a cor- so us magazine, yourdictionary.com. Anyway, <laughs> oh, there we go. So if you Google what a Renaissance man is, it's an outstandingly versatile, well-rounded person. Mm. So I I feel like I don't a lot necessarily of the people agree that- with that. An outstanding, versatile person. There's something about artistic and deep thought together. That's my point. Okay. Well-rounded is a lot of people are well-rounded. A lot of people can do wonderful things, but there's a, a gigantic leap forward from doing great and wonderful things to being yeah. a true Renaissance person. Well, I mean, there the expert- aren't there. There are no more Da Vinci's. I mean, he's such a singular human. I don't know. Don't be so sure about that. I don't think there he are. might be out there somewhere in the world, and you know the right uh, sort of ingredients will conspire someday. Just because there's one doesn't mean there'll be none in the future. Mister Rogers, 
No. <laughs> no. No. You're not going to get. I don't. Well, I don't well, know his, if Mr. Rogers had na- any. Did you name any, John? Of today? No. I no, don't, because I don't. everybody I've brought up, he's poo-pooed. <laughs> Maybe, no. Should we nominate John Hall as a Renaissance man? John? Mike just wants to be a nudge. Painter. <laughs> no! Painter. <laughs> Philanthropist. I'm just saying, raise your bar Scientist. super high before you start saying I th- I think, someone's a Renaissance okay, wh- man. I think Brian May. Okay. He's an astronaut and an author? No, he's an astrophysicist. Astrophysicist. And he's the guitar player for Queen. All right. That's well-rounded. Even though that doesn't fit your category of being a Renaissance person, John. He has great hair. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a lot of wisdom. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Forecasters are still trying to determine the track of approaching Hurricane Dorian. National Hurricane Center meteorologist Andrew Hagan says they may have pinned down a smaller area, but they're still uncertain. The models have really showed the storm slowing down as it approaches Florida. So we, we still think it's most likely to uh, make landfall in southern or central Florida. But we can't pinpoint exactly to the county level of where it's most likely to hit. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says residents need to stock up. To have uh, seven days worth of food, medicine, and water. Uh, This is potentially a multi-day event where it will churn slowly across the state. President Trump declared a state of emergency in Florida and authorized the Federal Emergency Management Agency to coordinate disaster relief efforts. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Hi, everybody. This is Dennis Prager. You know, every week I have the male-female hour, and I, among other things, have been trying to explain men to both men and women. Men don't fully understand themselves, and women totally understandably don't understand men unless they are explained what men are about, especially male sexual nature, because it's so different from female sexual nature. Years ago, I recorded at a synagogue, in fact, a four-part series of lectures called Men's Sexual Nature. So over the course of six hours, I talk about adultery, pornography, values, and sexuality, what men want, what they're like, what their nature is. Once women understand men and their challenges, they'll better appreciate the men in their lives. This is the best thing I ever did on male sexuality. The complete four-part series is now 50% off in the Prager Store. Go to PragerStore.com. As parents, you're dedicated to seeing your kids live out God's call for their lives, to enter adulthood with discernment, integrity, biblical values, and the ability to thrive in work that's meaningful to not only make wise and faithful decisions, but defend them as well. At Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin, pre-K through 12th grade students thrive in an environment that fosters biblical discipleship and authentic education. Cornerstone Prep, ready for life at cornerstoneprep.net. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel, What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. 
Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Bart. It's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour. Featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. With special guest Crowder. Thank you, God. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena, October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem-Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. Tonight will be partly cloudy and comfortable with the low 58. Then you'll see a good deal of sunshine tomorrow. It'll be a nice day with the high 77. It'll turn mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low 62. Mainly cloudy for Sunday with a couple showers and a thunderstorm. High will be 78. And Labor Day Monday, we'll have a mix of clouds and sun with an afternoon thunderstorm in some places high near 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. In the United States, justice often has a very long, circuitous route to its final destination. The wheels of justice roll here very slowly. I would say it's a good thing, but it is true. It does take an awful long time to bring some people to justice. Today, a military judge set January 11, 2021, as the start of the joint death penalty trial at Guantanamo Bay of Khalil Sheikh Mohammed and four men charged with plotting the September 11, 2001 attacks that killed 2,976 people in New York. You have got to be kidding me. Washington and Pennsylvania. I did not realize. That they hadn't been tried yet. No. That's been 17 years. It's a long, long time. The date was set by Colonel W. Shane Cohen of the Air Force. It signals the start of the selection of a military jury at Camp Justice, the war court, which is convening at the Navy base in Guantanamo. It is the first time that a trial judge in the case has actually set a start of trial date despite requests by prosecutors since 2012 to two earlier judges to do so. That was 2012. Keep in mind, that's still 11 years after it happened. Right. 11 years. Right. Now, if the 2021 timeline holds, jury selection would start nine months before the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks. One major issue which the judge is yet to resolve is what evidence will be used at trial. He begins a series of hearings next month with witnesses in an effort by the defense teams to exclude confessions the defendants made by the FBI to the FBI in early t- 2006. Why? Because that was so long ago that they don't Well, they're saying apply that the, anymore. The, they were tainted by years of CIA no kidding. torture. They're, 
Oh, my God. The five men are charged in a conspiracy case that describes Mr. Muhammad as the architect of the plot in which 19 men, of course, hijacked four commercial passenger planes, slammed two of them into the World Trade Center, one into the Pentagon, and one not too far from here in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Uh, the five men were captured in 2002 and 2003. The CIA held them incommunicado in uh, a secret prison. Now, the men were initially charged during the Bush administration at Guantanamo. Okay, so that was within what? Does it say when? No, it doesn't. Okay, all right. Then President Obama stopped those cases, and he then suspended the war courts, known as military commissions, to overhaul it with Congress by adding more protections for due process. The case was also delayed by President Obama and the administration to try them in a federal court in New York City, a proposal that drew political protests and legislation to prevent that. Oh, for heaven's sake. All right, so there have been a lot of human barriers between a trial and the September 11th attack. Exactly. A long, like I See, said, that's winding. Insane. That drives me crazy. That is n- <laughs> Well, first they had to find these guys. Can you imagine right. what that hunt was like? Right. And I- and then they had to bring them in. Right, but they've been in prison oh, for, for at least 15 time. years. Yeah, they have been. It's a national security case. The hearings are held in a special courtroom that lets people sitting okay, behind the courts. when were the Nuremberg trials? Right after World War II, 46. Okay, okay 46. Mm-hmm. That was what, a year after yeah, the war was over? Yeah, it was, yeah. A year? Yeah. We're talking 18 years. I know. Well, look. This the is the craziest world thing I've ever heard. Right I can't believe that's true. Oh, I can't believe it's true. And can you imagine what that case is, what that's going to be like, how long that's going to go on? Look, I'm all for due process. Believe me. I think that that's, a, that's an essential element. And I get that there were a lot of vagaries when it, came, when it comes to Guantanamo Bay and the CIA involvement. and all, I get all that. But for crying out loud, if we cannot decide on something and bring justice to bear within a three, four-year period, right. I mean, that even seems long sure to does. me. The fact that we're talking 18 years that's obscene. But, you know, That's this case. Wrong. That is wrong. This is the case that, you know, the exclamation point of the modern world, right? When you think about multinational empires, royalty, all sorts of sort of nefarious bad guys roaming the world at mass and mass murder. Of course, it's going to take a long time. Can you imagine being a kid who lost a parent then? Can you imagine how long ago that seems oh to you? All that's happened in your life, the whole time you're thinking, so we're going to try these guys or not? Well, if you're a little boy, if you were 10 or a little girl who was, you know, seven years old, you're a fully formed adult now. And still no? No. Still no trial? No closure, nothing. And now that we're going to have one, it's going to be still going to be a year plus right. from now. I mean, how about the you know the some some of these September 11th widows who were pregnant at the time of the attacks? Now their children are in college. Still nothing. Nothing at all. That's however, this is I believe good news that now we are one step closer. Look, whether it takes 20 years or 40 years or 100 years, I believe justice will be served in some form. Well, justice, final justice will be meted out because God is perfect yes. and knows everything. And perhaps and, these you know, right. men are hoping for that of before course. they face a, a man judge. Right. But our, our system of law depends on a much, much, much 
faster punishment than this. Right. Much faster. I mean, the idea you of a be fair and speedy me. trial. I mean, that's, that's just that's gone away. All right, hey, I don't want to you know take us from a serious subject into a light subject, but yeah. it is Labor Day weekend, hey. so I feel like I need to tell you and everyone else. Tell me what your holiday weekend's begun. Oh yes, it just has. It's ten minutes past the five o'clock hour on a Labor Day weekend. Truly, all is right and well. Is it not? Yes. Sun's shining. Yes. Summer is still here. Things are good. I feel very good about it. You're going to have some ribs? Coming up at 525, we're going to talk in our Friday feature about stuff you can do this weekend around town. It's going to blow your mind. Yeah. You're going to absolutely love it. Coming up next, Derek Rishmaui is with us. We're going to talk about praying with fire, what Moses and the burning bush can teach us about how we approach God. Okay, so Labor Day weekend is upon us. It'd be a good place to go down to the spring house and celebrate Labor Day with Marsha. Hey, Marsha, how are you today? Hi, how are you guys today? Good. What's going on at the spring house on this beautiful holiday weekend? Oh, isn't it beautiful? Well, I think we'll have lots of people visiting us all three days for um, having us filling up bowls of salad, homemade potato salad, and Kathy's favorite coleslaw. I love and- it. Sweet and sour broccoli and fruit salad and all those good homemade from scratch salads. And then lots of um, sandwich buns and hot dog buns and pies. We've had so many calls for homemade pies this week for people to order for the weekend. And then on Monday, along with all that, on Monday, we're having our annual Labor Day chicken barbecue. And it Mm -hmm. is um, barbecue chicken. And we're having hot roast beef and pork tenderloin and mashed potatoes, green beans, red potatoes, baked beans, Alabama vegetable casserole. Salad, smorgasbord, desserts, the whole works. And we're going to have live music for a couple hours over the lunch hour. And it's going to be just a really fun day to come on out to the farm and enjoy some good food. Fabulous. Sounds like a really good time. So if you're looking for something to do that's fun this weekend and something good to eat, one place to go. That's the Spring House. 101.5 WORD. Every marriage has areas that are working and others that could improve. The Focus on Marriage Assessment will help you discover and evaluate 12 essential traits to build a relationship that thrives. It's free. Take the free assessment by logging on to our station website and use the keyword marriage. Also, win an all-inclusive marriage retreat with a cabin, meals, and retreat activities and $1,000 to cover flight and incidental expenses. Plus a free ebook download of date night ideas. Take your marriage from good to great. Register for the marriage getaway at wordfm.com slash marriage. Hi everybody, this is Dennis Prager. You know every week I have the male-female hour and years ago I recorded at a synagogue, in fact, a four-part series of lectures called Men's Sexual Nature. I talk about adultery, pornography, values, and sexuality, what men want, what they're like, what their nature is. This is the best thing I ever did on male sexuality. The complete four-part series is now 50% off off in the Prager Store. Go to PragerStore.com. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut. With top news and positive headlines every day, 
with ChristianHeadlines.com. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze presents the 2019 Westminster Conference, Friday, September 13th through Saturday, September 14th. Join President Dr. Barry York and leading RPTS authorities in church history, systematic theology, biblical counseling, and more for this year's focus, the Synod of Dort and the Doctrines of Grace. The 2019 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. How about the story of Moses and the burning bush? Is that that's a wild story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so beautiful, but it's also so scary, and it's incredibly deeply holy. Derek Rishmoy is with us. He wrote a piece in uh, the online version of Christianity Today called Praying with Fire, What Moses and the Burning Bush Teach Us About Approaching God. Uh, Derek, uh, Derek, welcome to the show today. How are you? Uh, great, great, great to be on. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, yeah we're always happy to have you, Derek. Now, when I think about the Burning Bush story, I think about a lot of things. I think about, you know, the supernatural nature of it, the fact that you know, it, the fact that Moses was standing on holy ground and what does that mean? Trying to picture it in a, in a real world context as opposed to like a fairy tale image that I always had of it when I was a kid. But I've never considered it in the context of prayer. What made you go there? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I've been thinking about the passage a lot for a lot of reasons. But um, what, one thing that one thing that uh, grabbed me the other day was just. The idea of struggling with prayer because uh, it it can feel boring sometimes. Uh, you know, I don't know if maybe I'm just maybe that's just me. No, but it's it, not just you. It's, uh, but that that idea, uh, I was as I was reading this story, really thinking through what it meant for God to be present in place, to show up as fire, and then um, realizing that in prayer, you're you're talking to that same God, the God who shows up as fire. Uh, all throughout the Bible, uh, this flaming God who, you know, splits the seas, defeats the Egyptians, and uh, the idea of being bored in that God's presence is mm. wild, wild. I mean, wildly silly. Wildly silly. To, when you when you when you start to understand who He is and the fact that he, he, it's that same presence, right. in a sense, and yeah. so. Uh, that, that's part of what got me thinking about it. And, and it's true. It's it's really spot on, uh, you know, Derek, because when you think about our, our prayer life, sometimes, you know, we're invested in it. But, you know, a lot of us are lazy or disconnected. Hey, God, you know, da 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 ba 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 But then right before you, if you saw something, you know, uh, something burning and crushing before you in that power and that heat, and it started to talk to you, it would flip you out. And you think, that's God? And there I am being lazy and back on my heels and kind of disconnected. And, you know, something's got to change. Yeah. And and, uh, and and the fact that, like, that presence, thinking through that, because that image is so so interesting, the fact that the fire doesn't consume the bush, right? God makes himself present there without destroying what is there. Uh, he can make his presence there in a sense, make his presence known without um, without consuming what's there. He he still fills up space there, so to speak, but he doesn't uh, he doesn't crowd out what is there. And there's this kind of it's kind of a picture of kind of how reality is. God is God is present in all places and all times uh, by his power, 
and 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 we're kind of lulled into a false sense that that he's absent because he doesn't uh, he doesn't kind of crowd us all out. Mm. He, the, there's space for us, and so we can miss the fact that he he is here. Uh, he, he is present to us, and, and it's almost like uh, you know the idea of somebody just there, but in, in almost another dimension, um, hearing, listening, uh, able to act, able to able to speak. Um, that just opens up a way uh, of seeing even the even the non-burning bush situations in your life. It's kind of a paradigm for seeing how the rest of reality actually is. Uh, when when you're praying to God wherever you are, uh, yeah. the full the full weight of who He is is actually there. In a sense, He's just not making it known in the same way. Um, and so, yeah. And do you, and have you had times in your life, Derek, where and I've had just a couple of them where you get it's certainly not a burning bush situation, but there were times where I either heard God or experienced something shockingly supernatural that kind of gives you the tiniest window into that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm a Presbyterian, so we don't, we don't hear God on it. <laughs> no. Except when the Bible is being read. Much too uh, serious. In church. Um, but, uh, but, but there are times though, when, when, you know, when I do hear the word of God or, or I have been reading or I've been, I've been, somebody's praying for me and you do have this sense uh, you know, I've, I've gotten the chill, so to speak, um, that, that, that God was at work, that God was taking up those words uh, and, and applying them directly to me. Uh, that wasn't just me hearing some words, it was, it was God taking them up and saying, this is for you right now. And, and um, you're not the same in that moment. Right. It, it, you're not the same. And so um, that, that, those will those stick with me. Um, uh, Derek, I, I envy people who have that deep and thick connection to the Lord uh, that's always there, seemingly. Now, I'm do not, you know people like that? Yeah, I do. I know people like that. You know, not a lot, but they are, they are uh, holy. They are, do you remember that guy? I won't mention his name because I – do you remember that guy who was on our show who sat in the studio with us who was from South America? Oh, yeah. Do you remember him? I do. Yeah. This was a guy, this was years ago. And he was, he was sort of um, a, a, a nefarious sort of ne'er-do-well. Yeah. But then he went to Mexico and had an encounter with God. And I'm telling you, Derek, there was something different about this dude. He was holy. He was. I don't, and... But he could also kick your butt. Yes. But and 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 think of how many people, you know, John and I have been doing this show for 10 years, Derek, and we've heard unbelievable stories and met beautiful people. But for some reason, mm. that man sticks in my head. There was something he had seen. He had seen supernatural things. He had lived it mm-hmm. and it was it made him different. So I guess my question for you, Derek, is Moses was different after that encounter. Right. So when we experience mm-hmm. God that way, it makes us different. It, it does. It does. It does. And at the same time, um, I, I, there's, this is where I kind of backtrack a bit. And, and one of the wonderful things about the Lord is how patient he is with us when we don't get it, when we don't always see it. And the fact that he, he accommodates himself to us 
and he makes himself present to us in ways that we can uh, begin to handle, uh, right? Because if he just if he if he blew our mind all the time, well, we just kind of right, sit right. there eyes open and and uh, not be able to do anything. But um, the, the, this is why I appreciate the fact that God that God takes up signs that we can mm-hmm. handle and teaches us and and makes himself present to us. In, in ways that are suited to us. So in the preaching of the Word or, or in the Lord's Supper, if you go to a church where they do communion every week, Lord's Supper every week, you know, God promises to, to meet us there and, and, and as, a, as a sign and a, and a token of what He's done, um, we get to, in a sense, share a meal with Him. And that, in, that weekly regular reminders and, and experiences of the presence of God in the ordinary means of grace um, slowly begins to work on our hearts and slowly begins to change us uh, because most of us are ordinary saints. You know, we, yes. we're called, we're all called saints. We're all called to be holy. Uh, and so God is patient with us and He works with us where we're at and, and then slowly changes us. But it does, it does change the way we understand what's happening and we realize that this is, this is the God who's, who I'm, who I'm, who's promised to meet me in this meal and who's meeting me in his word, uh, that just understanding that begins to operate on our hearts in, in a different way than, than before. And I think that's, that's why it's so crucial to consider and be formed by what we read in Scripture, that God is taking the Bible and he's telling us, hey, here's what's happening. Here's what I'm doing. Understand that this is who you're dealing with uh, when you're dealing with me. And so, so that's why it's so crucial Derek Richmaui is with us, doctoral candidate at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. He wrote a piece called Praying with Fire that is in Christianity Today. All right, Derek, so bridge the gap for us. Um, bridge the gap between the God that um, we can experience in day-to-day life um, through the Eucharist, as you said, a God that is willing to just reveal himself, you know, in very, very small ways. Um, how do we remember and keep in the forefront of our mind to change our attitude or understanding or whatever, that it's the same God as the burning bush. Mm-hmm. It's the same God as the resurrection, the, you know, the same yeah. power, right? Yeah. The same power works in us. The same power that was available that raised yeah. Jesus from the dead is available to us. Yeah. I, you know, I was just talking to a student about that right now. Um, about an hour before we, we were on the phone here. Uh, it's amazing. A, that amazing prayer Two prayers in Ephesians that Paul prays, one in Ephesians 1 and second one in Ephesians 3, where he prays that the Ephesians' hearts and minds would be enlightened, they would be strengthened to see the power of God at work uh, for them, and they, they would be, they would be uh, strengthened to understand and know the love of God. And partially this comes through prayer. We need to ask God himself is the one who shows himself to us. We only know God through God. And so the prayer that, uh, of asking, like, how would be, be your name? It's right there. It's the first request in the Lord's Prayer. How would be your name is that Christ is saying, God, set your name apart in my heart and mind. Glorify your name in my life. Help me see your glory. So right off the bat, God tells us to pray to see more God in, in that sense. Uh, and and that, that begins to involve us in that process. Uh, and secondly, again, it's just very, I don't know, this is very college pastory of me, but um, the, the Word, it, it, the, spending time in the Word 
gives you new new eyes to see, right? It's it's like it's like putting glasses on that begins to sharpen up the picture. You begin to have the, the eyes of grace that see God at work in, in, in ways you've just been missing. He's always been doing things around you in, in ways that should astonish you, astonish you, but the eyes of our hearts are darkened. And so um, through prayer and through Scripture, those are, those, are two, those are two of the everyday ways that begin to bridge the, the gap for us. Uh, between between uh, the, that God of the burning bush, as you say, and, the, and then God who meets us in the ordinary ways. I love it. Derek, I mean, the piece woke me up. Uh, I appreciate it because I follow along with you. Oftentimes my prayer life gets slow and messy, and when I think, as you did, and the, the image of Moses before the burning bush, uh, that's a wake-up call. The God of the universe is there for us in his majesty and his terror. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Hi, this is Brad Marshall. General Manager here at Salem, Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad, 412-503-4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know unless you call. This is the time of year where you're seeing all these images on social media of kids standing and posing in their best first day of school. And those kids all have this mix of... um, uh, dread and excitement across their faces. And, of mm-hmm. course, you know, everybody remembers that, right? We were there as well, first day of school. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to expect. And it's even more so when you're going from high school to college. I had a whole group of kids on my porch a couple nights ago who are all going to different colleges, and they were uniformly excited and terrified. <laughs> because that's what it is to start college. Oh, sure, yeah, right? without a doubt. I remember when my daughter started at Grove City College, and I was an emotional wreck. She was terrified, but there was some sort of calm and confidence in taking her to Grove City and in moving her in. Right. Not to say that you're moving your child into a monastery, but there's something about 
knowing Grove City is Christ-centered. Right. How that works in your child's life, in your life, that you have confidence your child's going to go there and not only grow academically, but spiritually. And there's a great power in that. Right. So it's spiritual formation without the school hitting you over the head with it. You know, without being a legalistic environment, it's a way to encourage people in their relationship with Christ and whatever it is they're pursuing academically. Right. So school's underway and... Kids are going to have a great year. Lots of fun, lots of excitement. You want to send your kid to a great school? Look online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Tonight will be partly cloudy and comfortable with the low 58. Then you'll see a good deal of sunshine tomorrow. It'll be a nice day with the high 77. It'll turn mostly cloudy tomorrow night with a low 62. Mainly cloudy for Sunday with a couple showers and a thunderstorm. High will be 78. The Labor Day Monday will have a mix of clouds and sun with an afternoon thunderstorm in some places high near 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Hey, Kath. Do you like um, ribs? Uh, yes. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Well, this weekend is the 16th annual Rib Fest. It gets underway tonight at Heinz Field. A live show from the Clarks at 9 p.m. Uh, the Rib Fest features rib and brisket vendors from all over the country. And, and get this. It's estimated some 60,000 pounds of ribs will be consumed in what? three days. The ribs are so good. The Rib Fest will most likely attract about 100,000-plus people. So figure out where to park and plan to hang out all day on the North Shore. All right, right up to game time when Pitt takes on Virginia right there at Heinz Field. Game time is 7.30 p.m. on Saturday. Okay. Uh, um, How about uh, too many people to think about uh, you can go local and go swimming because this is the last chance to take a dip in the uh, summer pools of 2019 before the pools close mm, for good, good on point. Monday. All right, and don't forget about the Pittsburgh Labor Day Parade, considered the largest Labor Day Parade in America. It starts at 10 a.m. on Monday. The route begins at the PPG Arena. Or you could just barbecue. Or sit on your porch. Yeah, like me. Um, it's a lot of options for one weekend. Yeah, but it's Labor Day. you got to soak it up. And that is your Friday feature. Get out and enjoy your city. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. Now just remember, people, five minutes ago, Joseph was in prison. You know, the climb to the top for Joseph was slow in terms of time, but he didn't have to go through many positions on the way up the ladder, did he? He went from clear to the bottom, clear to the top in one day. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, God Been It For Good, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. 
It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 14th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 14th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Hey, Pittsburgh, if you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit Calusi Chevrolet. With the all-star open house event in full swing, Calusi has great savings on their entire lineup, including Equinox and Trax. All month long, you can qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 60 months, plus $750 down payment assistance on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Providence Presbyterian Church. Washington Alliance Church. Bethlehem Lutheran Church. St. John the Baptist Church. Impact Christian Church. The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. I've had friends that have... uh stayed in contact with over the years and of course you know with the explosion of facebook you, you get to see them so this past week uh actually two weeks ago a friend of mine on facebook said that's it it's my last day at work uh, after all these years i've finally retired and then a few days later there was a photograph of my friend and her husband and his arm was around her and they were looking at their house and she said we've sold our house and we are moving to florida And then this week, there was a photograph of them on Facebook in the car driving to Florida where they are about to start their retirement. (laughs) Are they in the hurricane zone? (laughs) Their timing, these four, could not be worse. So today I'm looking at Facebook and she says, yep, we've been in Florida three days and already our first hurricane's on its way. Great. So we're evacuating. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah. I, first of all. Best wishes to everyone who's down there and trying to come up with a plan and figure yeah. out where to go and to do with the, which, what to do with your stuff and your animals and you know all of that sort of thing. Um, I am not familiar with Florida. I've never spent time there. You haven't, and so I don't really, I don't really get. Yeah, you know, I'm not. You know, I don't get the topography. I don't have a feel for the area. Never, you've I don't, never spent any time in Florida at all. I mean, I've been to Disney World a couple of times. Yeah. It doesn't really count. No, it doesn't. I was in the Miami airport. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, count either. For me, I, I I have a difficult time with Florida. Do I just you? do. Why? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just something about it. It um, it kind of makes me a little nuts. It, Babylon Bee, I think, summed it up best because they had a headline today that said, uh, 
people uh, asked to uh, asked to evacuate from Florida just because it's Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a little. There's something about it just for me that makes me a little crazy. Uh, it's the heat. It's the bugs. People that are yeah, the bugs. People that are 90 years old. The traffic. It feels oppressive and flat and mm. just. It's just one gigantic strip mall to me, peppered in with some beaches. Yeah. Isn't it funny how some places seem like home when you visit them? Oh, yeah. And then other places don't. It's so individual. Right. I mean, I have I have friends that would move to Florida tomorrow if they could. What? Yeah. And that's just... That's their place. Right. That's just not... You know, it doesn't seem like no, it, it no. would it would be my thing. Well, there are people from Western Pennsylvania. You said first responders that are already on their way down there, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this was uh, from today's trip. So as uh, Hurricane Dorian continues barreling towards Florida, uh, specialized ambulance units and paramedics from Fayette Emergency Medical Center in Connellsville, Murraysville Medic One, they left uh, at eight o'clock this morning to a staging area in Georgia where Florida emergency officials will later direct them to help with evacuation or to rescue efforts. They said, um, what was this, uh, Derek Guerrero says, we got a telephone call at 3.30 a.m. today as part of our national response. We sent one specialized advanced life support ambulance and crew. We were both deployed in the panhandle, uh, panhandle of Florida around Panama City last October for Hurricane Michael. We're there for three weeks. And so for what they're able to gather, it, the most recent reports that it's going to linger over Florida after it hits, which could make it a lot worse than Hurricane Michael. Mm. So people because from around gonna, the world. The water's so warm. Oh. The storm's moving so slowly. Yeah. No thanks. Wow. Seriously. I, okay. I just don't. Well, best wishes to all of those people. Yeah, pr- seriously, in our prayers, without right. a doubt about that. For sure. In our prayers, yeah. So what about a, a place, John, that you've been that, oh, easily. that you feel like that you feel like is home. I know right away. Oh, and I've not been back. I was living in New York City and a friend of mine said, um, let's go to Maine. Let's drive up to Maine. And so we went to uh, Acadia National Forest. Never been there. There was some, I'm telling you, I've never experienced this before or since. When I got there, I was like, I know this place. I know this place. And I don't know what it was. You felt like you'd been there before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I just I would go back in a heartbeat. Now, would I live there? Probably not. That's a whole other ball. But it of wax. felt like home. Mm, yeah, there was something about it. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't, I couldn't make it up. It just felt like put on a pair of gloves. I knew this place somehow. How about you? I was in Europe at, at, in June uh, of this year, and we went all. We were in a bunch of different places in Germany and the Netherlands. But there was this little town, a little college town called Marburg, which is like um, maybe 60 miles or so north of Frankfurt. And it's a, it, was a, um, it was a medic center during World War II. Hmm. And so because of that, it was never bombed. Remember when war used to used to have like a weird res- respectable element to it? Anyway, so it was never bombed. So it's an old city that was built in the 16th century that is completely intact. Wow! It never it never suffered, right? In in the same way that the rest of a lot of uh, the big cities in Germany suffered. Anyway, it's like it's where the Brothers Grimm are from. So it's like a little. Hamlet. Fairy t- it's like a little Hamlet, exactly. When I walked the- there for the first time, I was only there for two days. I was like, "This, this, it." <laughs> you know, it's you can't even describe it. Uh-huh. It's small. It's built on a on a cliff. 
And like so many of those medieval towns, you walk all the way up to the highest point where the castle is. There's a spectacular cathedral, and there are little teeny tiny homes that are right next to each other. Mm. You know, timber construction, stone on the bottom. You're walking on streets that are, you know, 500 years old. And I just, I felt like I, just this morning, I was thinking, I got to get back there. Hmm. I got to get back to this little, I mean, if you're going to Germany, nobody's thinking, I can't wait to go to Marburg, right? You know, nobody's thinking that. Really? But I was thinking that. Yeah, I just loved it. I loved that little tiny place. I wonder what that is. What does that mean? What does that say? Just, is there randomness to us? I mean, I don't believe in reincarnation or anything like that. You know, that's hoo-ha. But what is it about the imprint of... I've been there, or I feel something here that, I don't know, it's just wild. Mike, have you ever felt that way? No, not really. I've been, yeah. I've been too busy paying off college loans to, right. to go anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Stay right there. Yeah, well, it's, Keep paying. it's a weird, <laughs> yeah. it's, and I, when I went to Marburg, I didn't think, I didn't feel like I had been there before, but there's something that clicks I don't know what it is. And maybe when you do travel a lot, you recognize that that's rare. That you travel to a lot of places that are fabulous and you yeah. love them, but they don't click like that. I wonder. I wonder if you know you, somebody like, well, like, uh, how about the guys from um, the Grand Tour? Oh, my gosh. I mean, they travel the world. Right. I wonder, I'd, like to, I'd like to know if people who are deeply seasoned travelers who have circumvented the globe multiple times. Um, as, as fabulous as that sounds, and for some people I'm sure it is, but for others it'd probably be a burden. But are there people who go, yeah, 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 I've traveled all over the place I rem- and I feel yeah, this. And I bet you'll remember this. When they went to Vietnam the first time. Yeah. First of all, it's a very hilarious. Wait, tell our audience who we're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about uh, Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond and James May, who host the Grand Tour on Amazon. But for many, many years before that, um, they hosted Top Gear, which was on the BBC. And these guys just travel the world. It's a car show. But it's really turned into be an international phenomenon because for people who love travel, um, for people that love to laugh at absurdity, these three guys do it better than anybody. They're troublemakers. But so, like John said, they've traveled all over the world. But they went to Vietnam, I want to say maybe nine years ago, and there was a moment in it, and of course it was filled with all sorts of hassles, and they they couldn't rent a car, they couldn't buy a car, they had to travel by motorcycle, Jeremy Clarkson didn't even know how to ride one, it was just an epic disaster after epic disaster. But there was one moment after they'd been on the road, I don't know, maybe seven or eight days, where they stopped right off the highway in this place that overlooked this spectacularly lush waterway. And I remember this scene so well because they just captured it so beautifully. It had this serene quality to it that was that is can only be Asian. Like that doesn't happen in other places on the globe. It's just so quiet. And the three of them were just stunned by it. Those three. Who have words all the time. Almost. Who are never at a loss for anything. Right. And I remember that moment. And I mm-hmm. thought, I bet that was a moment for them. Wonderful. Like you had when you went to Acadia. I wonder. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up Vietnam. Because, you know, I wonder about this Vietnam vet generation, right? These guys are aging out, just like our World War II vets. My brother's a Vietnam vet. And for years he would say, I want to go back. You know, so a lot of guys showed up when they were 18, 19, 20, 21. Kids. And now these guys are 66, 67, 70 or so. Like our friend Bruce Bickle. 
I wonder, you know, when you like, so we just went through the 75th anniversary of World War II, and all those old veterans showed up again in dwindling numbers on the shores of Normandy. And there are now men in their 90s, frail old men. And they stand there in that sand and they think about storming what, what that's like. I mean, you know, they can reflect on that and imprint themselves on there as young men. But, you know, emotionally, what is that for people? Right. And what makes you want to go back versus I will never go back? I think a lot of people would think I would never go back. Why does your brother want to go back? Well, I, I think for a lot of guys, if for him, I, you know, he wants to go back because he was such a young guy and he he came in as like for all men, I believe, all people, men and women who go into war, you come in one way into the country and you exit a different person. Mm-hmm. You cannot help but be changed by what you've experienced, what you yourself have perpetrated, the violence, the horror, the sorrow, the joy, the anticipation, all that energy. Mm-hmm. There's something about it, I think, that would be compelling that you'd have to go and sort of examine that. Don't you think? I think especially a country like Vietnam, which has changed so dramatically since then. Right. And in many ways is probably very similar, you know. So seeing that contrast and being a different person who's lived a life and had a job and maybe is retiring from a job, I'm sure the perspective would be really different. I hope your brother gets to go back. Me too, yeah. But Sometimes you can exercise demons. To go and to see. To go back. And I mean that in a metaphorical context. Right. Take a break? Okay. Hey, stick with us. It's the Friday edition. As you can hear, we're, we're me- meandering on this uh, ride home. Stick with us as we, uh, we journey through. We can hardly believe it, but it's time for the last barbecue of the summer at the Springhouse in 84. Don't miss out on this great summer taste treat. And come to the Springhouse this Labor Day for fantastic chicken cooked over the pit with lots of country vegetable casseroles, homemade rolls, homemade desserts, and of course our own Springhouse chocolate milk. Eat in our picnic patch or sun porch or take it home to your own picnic. And although this last chicken barbecue marks the end of the summer at the Springhouse, it also signals the beginning of lots of fun fall events. We'll soon be having hog roasts and pumpkin patch hay rides, plus lots of other special events to celebrate this beautiful autumn time of the year. So be sure to come this Labor Day to the Springhouse and help us celebrate. Hi. I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henney Jewelers, your jewelers for life. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. 
Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick brothers return to the big screen with Overcomer. Why have a season with one runner? One runner matters. John Harrison is a frustrated coach questioning his value until he crosses paths with a student struggling on her own journey. What have you allowed to define you? Overcomer, now playing. Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shirer. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more, because you have choices nearby, and you'll find them on the map at PittsburghChristianSchools.net. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Mike Weaver and the guys from Big Daddy Weave. Mike uh, Weaver, they were in town. When was that? Was that last winter? Yeah. Uh, was that I'd say last November? Last yeah, November I think. It was. Yeah. What where was that? That was we were in a gym a somewhere. Oh, we were Geneva. in G- Geneva College. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. I missed that one. Oh, it was a good show. Really, I mean, Mike stayed for the whole event. I did not, but it was awesome. Mike Weaver's fabulous. Uh, oh my goodness! Apparently, the, the the power went out like a, like five seconds into a song, yeah. and he stood there for like an hour and talked. And right? He did. Yeah, yeah. I heard he's just a really incredible guy. Well, Big Daddy Weave is in the news because um, a convicted murderer. Uh, has come forward and he said, I'm, I'm going to confess to this murder after I heard the Big Daddy Weave song, Redeemed. Uh, a, trial was, a trial was scheduled to get underway. And uh, a man, what's his name? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know. Oh, Cesar Lopez Flores. Cesar Lopez Flores. He confessed to the murder. Um, uh, I'm sorry, the guy's name is Danny Dashay Holmes, and Cesar Lopez Flores was killed. And so as Danny Dashay Holmes is sitting in his jail cell awaiting trial, he's got this notebook, and uh, somehow or other he comes across the Big Daddy Weave song. And uh, he f- went and listened to these uh, the lyrics again and again. And he said, after reading the lyrics, you look and you say, son, stop fighting what's already been won, which is one of the lyrics of the song. And he said he made that he was he made up his mind on the on the moment that he was going to go in into trial and instead of having a trial he was going to confess. Really? So something about that song, Mike. You got a clip for this song that we can we can uh, take a quick listen to? Seems like all I could see was the struggle. Haunted by ghosts that lived in my past Bound up in shackles of all my failures This prisoner and say to me, son, stop fighting a fight. It's already been won. 
So in a statement before the court, this man, Danny Dashay Holmes, said, um, well, I, I need to bring this notebook here, and I want to read the lyrics from Redeemed. And if I didn't want to tell the truth, I should never have brought the notebook, he said. So after reading the, the lyrics, he said, he said, well, um, Mama, talking to his mother, who was in the courtroom for, this, for the start of the trial, you know I love you, but Mama, I promise you, your baby boy, he's going to serve the Lord forever. He said, I deserve the life sentence I get for this crime, and I plan to go to prison and tell the people that I meet that the salvation of the Lord is the way. He also said he plans to pray for the family of his victim, Lopez Flores, and can do whatever he can do to make things right. Fabulous. Praise God. Yeah, praise God indeed. Hey, um, you know, if you're a student of history, and especially of recent American history, uh, I read this today, which I thought was really fascinating. Uh, I was alive in 1963. And uh, I remember vividly, as a first grader, the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, of JFK. I remember the day, very clearly, what happened that day. Uh, and then, just a few days later, as the, uh, the assassin, Lee Harvey Oswald, was being transferred from a jail, a jail cell to a courthouse, uh, he was felled, shot one time in the stomach by Jack Ruby. And Jack Ruby was a local character living in Dallas who ran a strip club. Now, there's a really famous photograph of the the exact instant that Jack Ruby lunges forward and shoots Lee Harvey Oswald in the stomach. And there's this grimace on Lee Harvey Oswald's face. And there's a man wearing a white Stetson and sort of like this white cream-colored suit who is a homicide detective. And he is handcuffed to to, um, Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, this man, uh, a man by the name of James Lavelle, who was this detective, he died yesterday at the age of 99 years of age. Um, He he recounts this story. Now, he was a detective for at least 10 more years after that incident in 1963. But most of his life really revolved around that moment Hmm. where he was um, a famous speaker who was invited to different groups across the country. And this is really interesting. He said, He said, um, we were walking, Lee Harvey Oswald and I, and we had an eerie exchange. He said, Lee, he says, Lee, if anybody shoots you, I hope they are as good a shot as you. To which Mr. Oswald replied, you're being melodramatic. At that time, two days after President Kennedy Kennedy was gunned down in a motorcade, um, Lee Harvey Oswald said, I didn't shoot anybody. Uh, in the decades that followed, Mr. Lavelle was in constant demand as a speaker, and he told that story. He said, I had a pistol by my side. I saw out of the corner of my eye, I jerked back as Os- at Oswald to get him behind me as Jack Ruby stepped forward, and I had my hand through his belt. All I succeeded in doing was to turn him so instead of dead center, the bullet hit him four inches to the left of his navel and two inches above. So then another detective grabbed onto Oswald's other side. He grabbed Mr. Ruby's pistol around the cylinder, preventing another shot. He said, I could see Ruby's fingers flexing on the trigger, trying to fire. He knocked Lee Harvey Oswald to the floor, removed the handcuffs, and got him loaded into an ambulance. I tried to take his pulse, but I never could detect any pulse. He remembered hearing a groan and a sigh in the ambulance, which he said he later took as the moment of Oswald's expiration, although he was pronounced dead at Parkland Hospital, where President Kennedy had been pronounced dead two days earlier. 
That must have been a shocking thing. It's not even enough of a word to say shocking that that was shown on TV. It was that on just live unfolded television. on TV. I remember the moment as clear as it was yesterday. Because all of us kids, seven kids, my parents, and of course, this was 1963. We're watching on a small black and white television. Imagine what would have happened if that would have been today oh my in gosh, this media landscape. I can't even. Did your mom try to cover your eyes? Did no, she like. No, we were just. It happened so fast. So I, I remember my sister making some odd statement like they should put him in a hot room for the rest of his life. Something like totally incongruent. You know, she was probably 12. It, it happened so fast. And of course, there was no delay or any tape or anything like that. It was live television. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.